One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer I am joined by my fearless co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist, movement expert extraordinaire. Hello. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Yeah. So Kristen, you have a question. You can start us off. I do. So our Aussie friend, Julie Miller, wrote us and she has a question. She says, my husband, who you have seen pictures of, she has sent us pictures in the past, gets tingling in both his arms, mostly forearms and hands. Whilst, whilst I love that, sleeping during the night, he can wake up several times as it's most uncomfortable. From his description, it is quite severe and painful. He also has had it happen when sitting in a slightly reclined position on our lounge chair. He is a very active kayak paddler five days a week. He stretches his forearms and wrists and massages them, which helps somewhat. I think it's coming from something pinching in his neck and his posture in general. I would love to hear what you think, what you think. Thanks. Love, Julie. Um, I'll start off. I agree with you, Julie. This is uh, especially being a kayaker and knowing what he looks like. He's a very fit man, but he has just the classic tight chest rounded, not, not overly so. Like I don't think like weightlifter, but just that cyclist slash rower paddler type of a look where he's developed in his uh, upper trapezius um, and his lats are really developed. His shoulders are very developed. And so he's presenting with a kind of a classic thoracic outlet type of a presentation. So your thoracic outlet is where the nerves from the neck come out into the arms and they, they cross right between where your neck meets your shoulders. It's called your brachial plexus. And so with posturing, especially that forward head that you're going to have with a, such an upper body heavy exercise, 
um, that rounded shoulder, you can get some closing down on those structures. And it seems to me that his symptoms are brought about positionally. So when he's sleeping, it's the position he's sleeping in or with that reclined lounge chair and the fact that it's bilateral as well. You know, we might see somebody have something only on one side, might be a quote unquote carpal tunnel, or you can have pinched nerves only on one side, but that bilateral, plus he's a kayaker, so he is doing both sides. It's all going to come down to posture. It, you know, when you have the, the, the forward head, the rounded shoulders, um, and then you have the tightness that goes along with that, you might develop some postural pinching or impingement, as we fancy term for that, of those nerves as they pass out through that thoracic outlet. Uh, and it, yes, it can be very, very painful. It can disrupt people's sleep. So for someone like that, uh, it's all about restoring the triple S, which we've talked for other things for him about, and getting him into that thoracic extension that you had some great stuff on your Instagram just this week, getting the chest to open and basically drawing the ears back over the shoulders, which is going to open up that thoracic outlet and decrease impingement upon those nerves as they exit coming down. Because it's not only nerves, you also have the vascular structures that come out through there, which can also give nerve type pain, that numbness, that tingling, not always nervy. Sometimes it's a combination of the two. So that would be my other question. Is he having any type of change in color? of the uh, upper extremities, could that be involved? But I'm not surprised that the massaging helps because he's probably just gripping, you know, with the amount of gripping he's doing too. He has multiple birds on the wire going down from the, from the neck, the spinal cord down to his hands. So he probably has many areas that he could work on relieving tension. How about you, Laura? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've had a couple people like this and what I've done like that, Thing, I, you know, I showed this on Instagram. You can do this in a chair, but I've had it. If people have a TheraBall, it's amazing. They need to just lie back and open up those, the pec minor and pec major, right, right where the thoracic outlet, um, the brachial plexus, is getting compressed, and it needs to be done daily. He's, he's got to completely counter that flex position of being in the kayak. I would say he really needs to mobilize the. You know, do do the conductor like really mobilize the the forearm bones so that they're spinning? Because anytime you're holding a grip, you're going to have more tension in the interosseous of the the fascia, the connective tissue between those two bones. The other thing, in addition to all of this, what you've already mentioned is observing like how you're sleeping because when it always it almost always comes down to making it worse, like holding like if he's bending his you know a lot of people like curl up. And they flex their elbows and they they grip their forearms. Of course, we don't know we're doing that, but maybe setting up how he could, you can sleep. Like I'd say for somebody like that, sleeping on your stomach and opening up like a chest and turning your neck to the side would be good. I don't would always say that for everyone, but for somebody like this, I bet he might be side sleeping and really like fetal position, like really curling, and then he's waking up in the middle of the night with that pain. But I'm wondering if he actually goes to sleep with a little bit of a chest stretch getting out of that gripping flex position, if that helps. He might not stay in it, but I would say, look at how you're sleeping because a lot of that is just perpetuating. You know, he's already got this tightness like you're talking about in these mover muscles. So opening the mover muscles, strengthening the scapula stabilizers, getting the head back in space 
and then trying to, again, maybe lie on his stomach to open up the chest uh, a little bit when he goes to bed and see if that can help. So Julie, get back to us. All right, next question is from Faye Luton. She says, first of all, thank you for changing my yoga practice for the better. You're welcome. For the podcast, can you explain, I know why we do not do headstands and lit, and I understand why, but what are your thoughts on things like a feed-up trainer where you support your weight more on the shoulders instead of the neck, or do you not get the same kind of core activation when doing an inversion on the feed-up? Well, I'll give you my opinion about it, and then I'd love to hear yours. I always ask, like, why? But to me, that's a, that's a prop that is trying to simulate an inversion. And for people who need that inversion without putting weight on their head, maybe that's great. I know people who like it, but I would always go back to like, why? Are you A, are you going to use it? <laughs> and B, there's probably going to be some core integration for sure. I'm curious about the load on the shoulders though, because that's what you're putting your weight on. Um, so you still have to work the core. Your neck is, is released. You're not weight-bearing, which is great. But I'm, I'm curious about like what that feels like on the shoulder. So I would first say, have you tried one of those things before you purchase one? Are you going to use it regularly? Is it going to make it? Or how about just do a dolphin? <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't have to pay for anything. You're on your forearms. You're actually on the ground on your forearms as opposed to the pressure being on your shoulders. You're getting so much great feedback. Your head is just dangling and you're getting an inverted feeling, which is your head is below your heart. Even if you don't get into a forearm balance, you're getting that. Are you getting the same core integration as your legs would be up in forearm balance? It's different, but in some ways, it's actually harder. I think once your legs get up, it's not as hard, believe it or not, if you're stable. So I'm always about if something feels great for you and it's not causing any harm, go for it. But like, why? Why do you want it? Why do you think it's good? And does it work the same core? I don't know, maybe, but do a dolphin and I think you're saving money and, and you're probably getting the same thing. That's my opinion. But what do you think, Kristen? No, I mean, I definitely, I hold a very similar opinion. I mean, I think there is probably joy to be had using one of those things. I'm sure it's fun. I mean, I remember back in the day when I would do headstands, like they're fun. It's fun to have your feet up in the air. It's fun to try to keep your balance in that, in that position. And that is a way to do that without putting weight through the head if you're unable to do a forearm stand or a handstand. Um, but, and, and yes, you're going to work your core. But if core work is your goal, it's not the best core work. You know, do planks, do bird dog. Do, you know, if you really want core work, there's way better ways to do it. If you really want shoulder work, do the dolphin, do like down dog on the wall. Do dolphin on the wall, you know, which would be so similar to, to, you know, forearms. But if you just want to have fun and get your legs up in the air and play around, I mean, it looks like fun. Yes, I do wonder about the weight bearing to the shoulders. I think with those things, you can probably put up, you know, weight through your arms as well. You're not totally bearing weight through the shoulders. And you can probably pad it up nicely too if you're super bony. So if you got money to spend, and you want to have some fun, honestly, it's probably going to be an expensive ottoman within about three weeks. Four well, that, weeks. that's why I that's why I say it. I never yeah. want to take away. Like if, you, if somebody has theirs and they're like, Laura, I love mine. Great. There's so many things 
Like I've been gifted things and I'm yeah. so grateful that I didn't buy them because I was given them and, and they're hundreds of dollars. And yeah, they're collecting dirt and they're kind of fun for a little bit. Like what are they called? The platform things that you handstand on. Oh, like the Bosu balls or stuff. Like, oh um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, the, the little, yeah, yeah this little, I forgot what they're even called, but I was, I was gifted some and they were fun and I used them maybe for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Then it takes up space in my yoga closet, you know? And so I think it's, yeah, I think it's always like, go back to the why and go back to knowing yourself. Is this something that, are you going to buy and use it for a week and then you're done? Or do you feel like, yeah, this would be really fun for me and I would use it a lot. I need that kind of traction for my neck. I want my feet way up in the air because dolphin isn't enough. So I think it's just, um, it's one of those questions, but I think there's a lot of props out there like I always come down to it. We have the cheapest props around, which is the floor, the block, and the wall. And you get a towel and pretty much you're done. You know what I mean? The most expensive thing is going to be your yoga mat. But if you are into those type of things, hey, great. I, I'm not, you know, just, uh, we're just, we're just covering all of the, our answers. It wouldn't be fair to say, hey, yeah, just do it. But I, I would just say like, what's the reason why? And are you going to be okay spending the money and maybe not using it as much as you thought. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question is travel yoga mama, travel yoga food. She asks, can you please explain why is it bad to protract the scapulas and plank like so many yogis do? This is a great question because I really stay away from good and bad. I'm not saying it's bad. It actually is very useful to practice protraction. The problem is, people are not often protracting as much as they're rounding and recruiting their chest muscles. And then what are you doing? You're setting up the motor firing in your brain. So like I just had a private this morning. This is a guy. He's like, oh, I do plank all the time. And I said, well, show me how you're doing it. What, how is he doing it? He's protracting his, I mean, he's rounding his upper back, right? And um, when I got his scapula neutral, he was shaking, but also his scapula, what were they doing? They were popped off that back like crazy. He had very little, this is an athlete, very little scapula stability. If you are got a lot of that popping of the scapula off your back, then you are, you're not doing yourself any good in plank, quite frankly. You're just using some shoulder strength, some chest strength. And then the bad thing after that is lowering in that position. That's where it really becomes problematic because when you get that upper chest rounded, your humeral head as you descend to the ground is going to dive. It's, you're putting all the pressure in the anterior shoulders versus like the suspender effect where you're actually, your suspenders, your scapula and back are kind of holding your chest open, holding your humeral head neutral or centrated as you lower to the ground hard as hell to do, but biomechanically so optimal. You could do that tens of thousands of times without any damage to your shoulder. It'll feel harder. So is it bad to be in plank in a protracted scapula? No, if you're doing it purposely, if you're practicing getting some serratus anterior engagement in the concentric form, which means you're kind of warming it up. So you get your brain is like, oh, I know where that muscle is. If you're doing it from the chest wall, that's not going to do you any good. So the other thing is like I was working with him on what we call serratus puffs and it was 
almost impossible for him to isolate it into the scapula. Mid-back, low-back, trying to round up. And that's where all this brain mapping really Fs you up because all you've done is worked in trying what you perceive as protraction, but you're actually just rounding using your chest. And then you can't isolate. You actually can't isolate to the scapula muscles. So there's a lot to be said about that, but I am all about a neutral plank. It is hard. It is amazing. It is global core integration. And there are so many people who are super strong and I get them in a neutral plank and they're quivering. That's the point, I think. The protracted scapula where you hyper-recruit the pecs takes a lot of core out of it. You put it all into your, these massive pec muscles that are already tight and short for most people, already overused. And so the reason I think neutral scapula is really to be more core. You know, it makes you put yet and it makes you work those scapular stabilizers. And but it also shares the load into the core, which people need more. You know, we all need to, and it's, and it's not that we need to have six packs, it's that we need to be able to recruit it when we want it. And so that's the point. You're, what you were saying was like, well, no, it's not bad. I mean, sometimes you need to push away to step a leg forward, you know, to clear if you don't have the hip mobility. So you need to be able to protract in your plank, but you also need to be able to hold neutral so you can keep your shoulder safe and really work your full core integration is what you said. It's like the light bulb, you know, it's let's spread it out. Let's make ourselves work harder, but work smarter, yeah. smarter in for our whole body in the long run. Again, when I'm always looking, you know, I'm in my, uh, I'm 46, Laura, you're 51. We're at the point in our lives where we're looking longevity. You know, we've done a lot of stuff over the last, you know, many, many years of being athletic that maybe we regret, but so now's the time for the last, you know, and then we got educated and learned how to move better. And now it's like, well, why would I ever do that if I can do it this way? I want to be able to do that. So yes, the serratus puff, uh, the serratus punches, whatever, you know, that, and using the actual serratus to, to do it. But I also want to be able to hold neutral because that's going to give me that global integration and make me Make me stay strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so think about this. We talk about triple S. You're standing upright. You don't stand upright in a rounded back position. I hope not. So plank is basically taking your standing position and putting it horizontal with gravity pushing down on every part of you. So that is why the tendency is to push away, you know, push back into the floor it's the easy, I will tell you, it's the easiest thing. So oh, yeah. that, that is, I'm, no offense to anybody, but that's not impressive. <laughs> Having a rounded upper back is not impressive in plank. What's impressive is holding your triple S. And like you said, Kristen, it, it is a very different experience in your abdominal core. All of a sudden you're like, holy moly, those guys actually are working. They're not working really that much. Another thing to think about, in addition to just lowering in, in uh, the protracted position, which is just a terrible cue that has been passed on. What is going on when you lower? You, um, if you've recruited your chest wall, which you most likely have to get that rounded position, the pecs internally rotate your uh, humeral head and adduct it. 
So you don't have a choice but to have really shitty form going down into like a chaturanga or lower because you've already you know, activated those muscles to put that position in place versus using your serratus to keep the scapula held onto the back ribs to stabilize it there. It is, and the rotator cuff to stabilize the humerus, to centrate it. You are just doing the good work when you hold yourself in neutral to get your body prepared in all those ways. So we could talk a lot more about this, but yeah, it's just, it always saddens me when I see people in those really protracted planks and then lowering like that. And teachers teaching that, they tell you, puff up and then lower. And it's like, no, don't do that. What they understand is you should be using the serratus. What they don't understand is that's not the way to use the serratus. The serratus is shortening when you puff it up like that. We want it to be isometrically, meaning it doesn't shorten, it doesn't lengthen. It's actually going to be lengthening a little bit eccentrically as you lower because you're trying to not round. So there's, there's a lot to be said, but yeah. Good question. <laughs> Great, question. Great question. And you know, we have, we have strong opinions about all that. Okay. <laughs> So the next question in Ayla Michaela, <laughs> why does my jaw pop out of place every morning? Well, honey, that is not a good thing. I'll, I'll start off on this one. So the jaw, interestingly enough, it is so powerful. And yet it also is, it's a condylar joint, I guess is what it is. Where the, so it's like, just imagine like a tiny little hinge that has a, a rounded kind of, like if you have a ball and then you have just a little bit of an over thing. And so it hinges, but it can be shifted around on that. There, it is, if it's not well positioned, uh, that popping that you're, that you're experiencing is that, that little knot of your mastoid and um, where the top end of it, the mandibular joint is coming over, is not centrated. It's kind of like your humerus and your femoral head. So there could be different reasons for that always we would say, look at the alignment of your skull because your skull is where all these different parts come together, where your jaw comes together with the temporal bones. And then you've got all the different sutures of the occiput. But so if anything is a little off-centered, the fascia covering it, the muscles that attach to these places, they are going to be asymmetrically pulled. And my guess is your skull is not in alignment. I can tell your skull is not in alignment. And you probably the, the muscles that attach near the jaw, on the jaw, that attach somewhere on the shoulder or clavicle are asymmetrically pulled on one side if one side is popping. So there, you know, TMJ, what I've found over the years of working with people is it's, it's always related to the head alignment and the shoulders. And by the way, the pelvis. So I've seen a lot of people over the years, chronic anterior tilt, shortened low back, comes all the way up, shortened extensors in the back, head is protracted, and then all this tension here is created with the jaw. So you have to look at your whole alignment. And the best thing to do is, again, go to a professional so they can look at your entire body. Don't just look at your jaw because it's the jaw is the victim of poor alignment in other places. What would you have to say, Kristen? No, I would agree with that. And I mean, some, as someone who, you know, has had, I had reconstructive jaw surgery when I was 15, you know? And so like when you're, that's to be expected when you're in braces and they're trying to change your, you know, your 
your bite of all that, you know, shit happens. But when you're an adult and you have stuff like this, that, that happens, we, we want to look at, especially if it's asymmetrical, like she's talking about, you know, what is going on elsewhere in the body, you know, and it is weird how stuff manifests in the jaw. You see scapular weakness manifest in the jaw. You even see hip weakness on the opposite side manifest in the jaw. You know, it is all connected. But I agree with you. If you're to go see a professional, especially if you are truly having like a a subluxation, because we do have a disc in that joint too, that, you know, you could be having issues within the joint as well that just need to be addressed with some soft tissue work, some manual treatments with some, uh, you know, you might need some local education, local to the jaw, in addition to then realigning, to see your point, I love that, that the jaw is the victim. You know, it's the symptom of a bigger problem, most likely. But you might need to treat that as well. So I would say go see a professional who treats TMJ and then have it take a real solid look at, at, your, at your head and neck skull. The other, the final thing I'll add to that, I mean, we're also, we're addressing the biomechanical stuff, but the fact that you're waking up probably means you're grinding at night. I mean, that's really common. And what I have, again, seen, and, that, and the research does support this too, is people with TMJ, there is a high correlation to heightened um, nervous system, sympathetic nervous system. That's why you're grinding at night. This is where, you know, during the night, we process a lot of stuff, emotional. You know, it's like your brain is filtering through things during the day that don't quite land. And then at night, you're processing that stuff. So I think relaxation, learning how to relax your central nervous system, this TMJ slash maybe if it's something in your jaw, it's, it could be very much also in that, that you need to also work on nervous system regulation. You might be really, really overloaded. And if this is a new thing and this has happened this year, that can be understandable. There's been a lot of stress and heightened tension and uncertainty and fear and boy, we don't even know what we're processing at night. You know, that we might just make it through the day and then at night we're just grinding on those teeth and on all kinds of stuff. And so if you wake up and you open your mouth and there's a popping, um, it could have been a reaction to that if you've been grinding in a, again, you could be grinding asymmetrically, but I would really look at your nervous system and start uh, thinking about relaxation techniques. See if that helps. You know, I'm, and Kristen's the same way. We're in a multi-prong approach. You've got to look at the biomechanics. You've got to look at your postural habits. And then you also have to look at your emotional and your psychological well-being because they're all interlaced. We're, there's, you know, people, we are not bodies and minds. We are body, mind, spirit. It is one thing. You cannot separate them. And so if something's going on, it manifests in the body. So I would, I would look at all of those things. And I wish you well. Yes. to get that popping jaw stopped. So great questions, everyone, as always. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Love you. Love you. And we love all of you. And we're pulling for you. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.